We are live. Welcome. Happy International Women's Day, everyone. I am so excited to host this special episode for International Women's Day. My name is Alexa Rose Carlin. I am the host of the Alexa Rose Show, and I'm so excited to introduce you to four amazing, incredible really strong women I I admire, I've met along my journey, I've been privileged to get to know, and I want you to get to know all of them as well. So this episode is very special because usually I don't have four amazing women live with me, so I am going to be able to share so many different journeys and perspectives, and uh, we're going to dive into it. So to get us started, we're going to play this little audio clip. individual taking massive amounts of action to pursue what they love. And today, that is what we're focusing on. We're focusing on your growth and your success. All right. We're, that's exactly what we're focusing on, your growth and your success. Um, all right. So let's dive into it. Before I introduce you to our first guest, I want to dedicate this episode to my wonderful mom, Susan Carlin. She uh, taught me how to be a strong woman. She taught me how to have confidence in myself, how to believe in my dreams. So this episode for International Women's Day is dedicated to you. Um, thank you for everything you've done um, to help me become the person I am today. So with that, let's... Uh, introduce our first guest. So my first guest with me is Tiffany Lanier. She's a speaker and facilitator on change. She's also the founder of The Morning Shift. She's a past Woman in Power X speaker, and she's just an incredible entrepreneur, speaker, but also mom, mom of two. So welcome, Tiffany. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yeah, I'm so excited. So Tiffany and I go way back from, I think we met, what, in 2016? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think 2016, right about that time. So it was so funny. I was in New York City last week uh, speaking at the Samsung Galaxy Creator Collective, and I get a text uh, the day of rehearsals from Tiffany, and it's from like one of my first, one of our first talks at, uh, what was it, the Green Planet Festival? Yeah, I think so. It was yeah, back in. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that <laughs> was, was way before I even started Wex, and uh, and I was wearing like this green hoodie and a t-shirt and mala beads. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it just shows like how much we've grown, and and it's amazing being able to have one another like support each other along this journey, and that's something I'm I advocate where women need to support women. So. Thank you for supporting me along this journey, uh, but I want to get into your story. And the the first thing I just want to ask is, you know, you have just started kind of getting back into speaking and, and back to work after being on maternity leave. Yeah. And I know a lot of women struggle with that balance. How have you found peace, if you have found peace, in the sense of, <laughs> getting back to your passion while also, you know, being there with your family. I think that's funny. The word peace. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, most, I, I mean, I don't know if you found me. <laughs> I, I mean, I have in some ways, you know, I have a seven year old and a 15 month old. So it's, it's a wild time with littles. Um, they're just very loud <laughs> and all over the place. So it's, it's peace is something that I definitely, uh, strive for on the day-to-day -day basis and in, in the moments that I can, that I can get it. But, um, when it comes to coming back after maternity leave, I decided to take a whole year, um, which is, you know, in, in the United States is, is a long time <laughs> to take maternity leave, but in the grand scheme of things, not that, not very long at all. Um, but it's taken me, you know, this time to really kind of reground myself, um, to 
allow myself the time and energy, you know, to, to have the small people around and, and refine my creativity. Because honestly, over, you know, with the pandemic, being pregnant in the midst of 2020, and then with a newborn, it's just easy to kind of lose your, your way and sense of self. And so these last couple of months, it's been really about kind of re reaffirming and reamplifying my understanding of self and the message and vision that I have for myself, my business and the world, and just reconnecting to that. Um, and I did just do a keynote uh, last week in Orlando. So it was my first in-person keynote since March, 2020. And it was amazing to be back on stage and, and be with other humans again. That's amazing. I love that word, uh, reamplifying. That's really good. So when uh, you got back up on stage, what was the thing that you most missed? The energy. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely an energy person. Um, you know, as a, I'm a, definitely an extrovert. I know there's a lot of public speakers who are actually introverts, <laughs> but I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely an extrovert and I feed off the energy of people. And so these last two years have definitely been difficult um, in that regard to not be nearly, you know, around nearly as many people as obviously I have been prior to. Um, so that energy that you feel the adrenaline being on stage. Um, I love that. And then just, yeah, the energy of the people and getting to share, you know, share my experience, share my story, share just my message overall was just exhilarating. What was for that talk? What was the main takeaway that you wanted the audience to walk away with? So my talk is called Own Your Shift, Turn Your Season of Change into Your Season of Possibility. And so it's all around navigating change um, during our various tough seasons, whether that be in our personal or professional lives. Like, what does it look like to um, really own this particular time in your life, own your story versus allowing it to take you out, if you will, Um, and finding a way to lean into curiosity and to your beliefs and take action from that place versus a place of a fear or stagnation. Um, and then also helping them to do what I call the 3D define or discover, define and develop a process and a practice that promotes their own um, goals and well-being. I love that. Discover, define and develop, you said? Mm-hmm. So what's, what's your practice? Oh, I have lots of, (laughs) lots of practices. Um, how I view, so as you mentioned in my, in my bio, I'm the founder of the morning shift co and a huge part of that. And that process is to do that discovery, define and develop, particularly in, in the morning, um, creating that time for yourself to rediscover who you are, what you stand for, what matters most in this particular season of your life. And then, define what that actually is, you know, kind of mapping that out and then developing the practice. And so for me, in various seasons, I'm always creating a new, a new practice, if you will, in order to amplify this particular season. And so right now, my biggest practice is the practice of, of coming back to self. Um, As I mentioned earlier, you know, after with two small children, it's really easy to (laughs) to lose yourself in the, in the process. Um, and so right now really honoring time for meditation, for breath work, for just regrounding into, to who I am and my needs, my desires and getting support around that. Um, that is my primary practice. And then of course, getting back into the mastery version of who I'm here to become from a business perspective. Oh, that's good. Um, my question would be, you know, someone that hasn't had kids yet, when you say getting back to self, I think that is really important that you mention that because there's so much pressure around, you know, be, being a parent and being a mom and uh, the pressures from society. So I wonder when you say getting back to self, like how has society pressures of of being a mom and there for your kids impacted or how have you, I guess, navigated that Mm -hmm. in order to get back to also other things that fulfill you, like your, your passion of, of speaking and, and impacting people? It's, it's definitely a lot of rewiring, you know, um, 
I know early last year, maybe six weeks after my son was born, I remember being on Clubhouse <laughs> with a lot of with a lot of you who are on here today um, and just, you know, trying to be a participant and like listen and just be there, but not actively try to do much. But I instantly found myself in the do too much mode when I wasn't necessarily ready and I didn't set enough boundaries um, for myself and what I desired, what I really, maybe not versus what I desired, because I desired to be present. I desired to be doing all of the things, you know, which sometimes we get really caught up in, but I also desired to be present with, with my newborn and take that time off. And so a lot of the discovery process of managing, um, you know, between business and babies or, um, self-care is really defining what it all looks like for you in this particular season. And so for me, it's, it's a constant conversation is what it is um, because I do have a lot of visions and goals and dreams. And so it is defining what does that actually mean for me right now? And from a societal standpoint, you know, women are usually pushed to get right back to work, right back to business, right back to everything. Um, after you literally just, you know, <laughs> pushed a human into the world and that's, and that's very taxing. And, um, and some women can totally do it and some women want to, and that's fine. Um, I just, I think that I wish as a society, particularly here in the United States, that we spend more time really honoring and honoring that period of time that is so necessary for connection with new babies. Um, and that that was just a part of the norm versus the getting back to, whether that's getting back to business, getting back to the body that you once had, getting back to always getting back um, versus being in the now. And so um, that has just been a part of, you know, a practice in itself over the last years of, you know, having a seven-year-old and now a newer baby um, constantly coming back to what is it that I actually need in this moment? Am I honoring that? Or am I trying to fulfill some past version of expectations that I once had or some version of who I think I need to become like right now versus where I can be in this moment. And so that's what it really has been about for me. I feel like there's a, another signature talk you're speaking coming from that. <laughs> You know, business Probably. and babies getting back. I'm see, I'm hearing a lot of the bees like that. No, but that's a very powerful message of not putting, you know, someone else's timeline of getting back to all the things you mentioned versus being very intentional with what you want in your life at that moment. I think that's very important because, uh, like I said, I, I don't even have a kid yet and I'm already feeling the pressure, mm -hmm. uh, not just to have the kid, but also thinking about when that time comes when I'm ready. It's like, you know, do I need like need to get back to work right away in order to keep up in order yeah. to not be forgotten and, and all of these thoughts come into Definitely my head. Definitely had a lot of those thoughts, right? Okay. <laughs> so I'm not alone. <laughs> even coming back, even coming, making my way back a couple of months ago, it, it was very, you know, a lot of limiting beliefs of like, does anyone even remember, <laughs> you know, does anyone remember who I am? Like, do I even have something to share anymore? It's all of these, you know, thoughts that might come through. But again, that's going back to why I'm so focused on taking the time to meditate, to, to do that discovery process, because you have to really decide to redefine what this time means for yourself. And it's not that those thoughts are not going to come because they are right. And the more you're just okay, that those thoughts will, will arise and how you work to process them is really what matters and that you don't um, succumb, you know, to, to those thoughts, to those ideas, to the societal pressures and just allowing yourself to be in this moment and move forward accordingly to your own timeline. Um, that's all we can do. Yeah, definitely. We'll have more conversations with you about that. Yeah. So um, we probably need a full on episode uh, with just <laughs> you and I, which I'm sure I'll invite all of you guys back to uh, have a solo episode. But for this one, um, the special for International Women's Day, I have one last question before we bring up our next guest. Yes. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer and advocate that it only takes one, one person, one decision, one action step that could possibly change your life forever. 
what has been that one thing that has positively impacted your life, whether it was a person, a decision or an action step? A practice. (laughs) It has like having like morning, particularly like ritual, um, having rituals that allow for me to do everything I've shared thus far, like really taking the time to rediscover who I am for the moment to define what matters most and then develop the strategies that will help me get to the next place and then doing it over and over and over and over again every time I need to. So to pull from from that, from a place of understanding and wisdom is literally the singular most important piece that has helped me get through a myriad of change. Ah, so good. So good. Well, thank you so much, Tiffany, for taking your time. I know you are a very busy woman. I appreciate you. And don't worry, you have not been forgotten. (laughs) I'm so appreciative of this space and and the work that you continue to do. You always amaze me. Love you so much. Um, And yeah, we will connect soon. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Everyone, please connect with Tiffany Lanier over on uh, her social. It's connected on her profile here. All right. Our our next guest is um, someone who I I have so many questions for as well. Hold on. Let me just bring, let me just do this little transition real quick. All right. As she comes up to the stage, um, our next guest is Christine. Christine Cavan, she is the director of communications at PS27 Ventures. And she's someone that uh, we connected, I think it was back in 2017, right? Yeah, it was the Female Founders Forum 2018, actually, where you were our keynote speaker, Alexa. 2018. Okay, so so just listen to this story real, real quick. So they host PS27 Ventures. Um, actually, let's get into PS27 Ventures real quick before we dive into some questions I have and talk about Female Founders Forum. Can you just share what does PS27 Ventures do? Sure. So PS27 is a Black-owned, veteran-owned venture capital firm located in Jacksonville, Florida. And we invest in startup companies similar to the popular show Shark Tank. We invest in entrepreneurs with big ideas and specifically technology companies that are in early stages and have some products in market. Um, But that's kind of an overview of, of what we do on a high level. And you have some great companies that you've invested in. If you're interested, check out PS27 Ventures. The, uh, the companies are listed on their website. And and so back to how we connected. So they host an annual Female Founders Forum. I was asked to be the keynote speaker back in 2018. And it's grown so much since. You just hosted it last week, right? Or was it this past weekend? It, it was last week on Friday, so we wow. did it on March 4th. We like to do it on a Friday. It gives women the opportunity to take the afternoon off. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, for, for like Women's History Month, International Women's Day, and you had the founder of Orange Theory as the keynote speaker. So what was your biggest takeaway that um, she shared at your event? Yeah, so um, really just a little bit of background on the Female Founders Forum. It, it started as just a small conversation in our office and, and how do we invest in women? How do we find women to invest in? Because the, the numbers that are up against women when it comes to funding are staggering. Um, less than 2% of venture capital dollars go to women, women of color, women of you know any ethnicity and background. And we just want to fund more women and and make them have successful companies. So we brought in Ellen Latham, who's the founder of Orange Theory Fitness. Um, There's an Orange Theory, I feel like, on every corner now. I live in Gainesville, and there's one just down the road from me here. But it's a billion-dollar business. And really, I think the main takeaway for me was having relentless focus and really just knowing that you can do anything you set your mind to and, and saying yes to opportunities. Relentless focus. That is very difficult for me. <laughs> like it's, it's very hard to have zoned in focus for me because I, I I'm such a, I'm a multi-passionate person and I hear this advice all the time. So I literally have the word focus like on my desk to help me. Cause I know it's imperative. It's like amazing advice, but uh, do 
you know, are you able to laser in um, on one goal or one task and just kind of put those blinders on? Like, how do you really stay focused on a goal? Yeah, for me personally, I, I feel the same way as you is I, I lean into curiosity. That's something that Tiffany said just a moment ago, of just, you know, owning your story and leaning into curiosity. And I think that's one of the things that keeps us kind of distracted in the world. But I think, you know, setting your setting your goals at the beginning of the year is something that has always helped me with focus, because when I set those goals for myself and, and you know, it's kind of cheesy. Yes, I do it around New Year's time frame, um, but they, they help me focus on what I want to accomplish in the next 365 days, whether that's the next 100 days, the next week ahead of me, um, breaking it down to the next hour that I have in front of me right now. That's what really helps me kind of focus on the tasks that need to be done today and prioritize my time, uh, what's needed for myself personally, and also for the companies that I'm, I work with and involved with as well. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. I'm glad I'm not the only one um, that uh, you, have to, you have to kind of like re- continuously remind yourself to focus. I'm always like, focus, Lexa, focus. <laughs> I talk to myself a lot, um, but but it's true. Like you, you really do need to to be laser and focused for you to achieve your goals. Um, so, with that being said, I know that you really had to be focused and zoned in to host an event like the Female Founders Forum, and the pictures looked amazing. I definitely want to try to come out to the the next one next year. But why do you think events like the Female Founders Forum are so important, specifically? for women? Oh my gosh. Well, this is, this is my why. This is what I focus on. This is what I love about my job is just being able to uplift the voices of women entrepreneurs. And I even get emotional talking about it because I just love it so much. I think it's so important to share with other women, have their stories being told and also interact with people in person and have that, that face time with one another. Um, myself, I was running around the room at this event. We had over 250 women attend, and a lot of them are, are colleagues in different ways, but they just don't know each other and haven't met in person to be able to develop those relationships. And this is the seventh year that we posted this program. So there are some women who have been attending from year one that have come back and, and had booths at the event and showcased their company. We actually had two female founders that have sponsored the event, have come back and sponsored, gone from attendees to sponsor. And it's just amazing to see the growth that in these startup companies over the years and, and to see them become successful and also just make those friendships that last a lifetime. I mean, even just meeting you, Alexa, as the keynote speaker in 2018, we've stayed in touch. Um, you know, just connecting on Clubhouse and, and being able to have a community of women who believe in uplifting one another. I think it's so important for our, our mental health, for our business, for closing the wage gap, for celebrating International Women's Day, for all the exciting things. I mean, I could go on and on. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it's it that in-person of, event and experience, just like Tiffany was mentioning, you just get this like burst of energy and that energy can really last for a a while because you just feel that connection, uh, seeing people actually smile versus just like on Zoom and and everyone's camera is off and and being able to hug one another and, and just really be in one space, learning and connecting and networking is it's, it's hard to put a price on that. And it's hard to even say what the return on investment is and saying in time investment, because I feel like there's, there's ripple effects of change. At least that's what I've experienced hosting events as well as attending events and speaking at events. And, uh, and so I would say like, what, what's one conversation and and you, you mentioned you were getting emotional. What's one conversation that you had, um, whether it was this past event or previous events, uh, that really stuck with you. Um, do you remember any one specific yeah, course, uh, yeah, conversation? Yeah, I do. And I, I'm okay. so glad you asked that. I actually had a first-time attendee, and she's a photographer. She was actually the photographer at um, our wedding three years ago who came to attend. And, and she's just getting started out in her business. Um, she's starting a social media company, and, and she's in her early 20s. And she had never um, been to an event like this before. And she sent me a message after the event. She was just like, I felt so safe being in a room full of powerful women 
and inspired to get to work and that she had been in toxic environments in the past and just having that support of a room that is full of women wanting to elevate one another's businesses really made a difference in her world. So that's my why. And that's really one of those conversations that I'm just like, wow, this is why we do what we do. This is why we put these events together. This is why we, you know, put in the sweat equity of finding all the speakers and planning lunch for 200 people and waking up at 6 a.m. to set everything up. And it's all worth it when you hear conversations like that happening in real life. I can hear that it, uh, you know, really touches your heart and uh, fuels you to keep on going. And, And it's a beautiful thing. You know, a lot of times we don't know the impact we're having. I shared this with um, uh, my students that I was doing a live coaching today where, you know, by sh- you, you, your story has the power to change people's lives, but only if you have the courage to share it. And being in a safe space like you've created, uh, like we have for Women Empower X and, and so many different female-based organizations and, and really focus on, you know, collaboration over competition, that, that safe space really helps women get vulnerable. And I think vulnerability is the key to connection. So for her to be able to even share that with you is a, is a beautiful thing. I mean, she, it means she trusts you, which is, which is amazing. I mean, it's a, it's something to say for sure. And another question, I know we don't have so much, that much time, but one question I wanted to ask that I feel like a lot of my audience, um, you know, always asks me is about fundraising for their business, um, and raising capital. So, you know, working at PS 27 ventures for the time you have, what would you say is, you know, your, your main piece of advice for someone, a, a woman that is looking to possibly raise capital for her startup? Sure. So everyone's startup is different and every level of funding is different. Um, At PS27, we specifically look for entrepreneurs who like taking feedback, who want to work with a team because we we invest not only capital, but we also invest our time in the companies as well. We do Friday sales calls with them where we go through their business. We check the pulse of their company and see if they have any needs. And for me personally, as a media advisor, I advise them on you know, what they should be doing with their brand, what they should be doing on, on TikTok, on Clubhouse, on, you know, all the different social platforms that are available to help grow their brand. And um, when we're looking at different companies, we want to make sure that the company has a product in market, that they have some um, customers, and that the company is able to scale. So those are a couple things we look for in, in qualities in the company and in the founders. But really, you know, putting together a solid pitch deck and just submitting it. And if you hear a no, it doesn't mean that your company is not a good idea. It could just not be a good fit at this time. So oftentimes we'll have companies that will submit a pitch deck at our website, ps27ventures.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll come in and, and it might not be a good fit this year, but they'll submit it next year. And we call those boomerangs and we love to see it. That shows that someone's, you know, not afraid of no and that they've continued to grow their business. And then we, you know, take an even more you know, closer look at how they've grown in that past year. So I'd encourage anyone who's interested in funding to apply to PS27 Ventures Raya Fund. Um, it's a $20 million VC fund that is focused on women, veterans and people of color. And we just launched it last summer. Uh, We've invested in three companies so far. Uh, One is a mushroom coffee company called Rise. Another is an augmented reality company called Lever. Really amazing technology there. And then we also had a boomerang investment of um, some founders that have been with us for a few years now, the company called Hazelnut, and they do uh, restaurant delivery apps. So we see a lot of different ideas. Just those three examples are in very different spaces. But we're always looking for entrepreneurs and companies to invest in. So, or just reach out to me if you have any questions. Um, and I'm sure Alexa can connect you if, if we're not connected already, or just connect with me on social media and we'll have a conversation. Uh, thank you so much, Christine. So, last question is the same that I asked Tiffany about it only takes one. Right. I believe it only takes one person, one decision, one action step to possibly change your life forever. 
what has been that one for you? Sure. So at PS27, we have a motto and it is think big and start small. So I think for me, it has just been saying yes to opportunities, opportunities like sitting here with you today on this podcast, um, opportunities like going back to my alma mater, the University of North Florida and, and speaking on occasion and and just taking advantage of, you know, the a variety of resources that we have as women, as entrepreneurs, and saying yes to tasks and opportunities that feel too big for you in this moment and just going for it. Um, any entrepreneur will tell you that if there's something in front of them, whether they can do it or they can't, you've got to just say yes and figure it out and learn along the way. And I think that that's the one thing that really keeps me buzzing. Yes, I agree with that. I say yes and then figure it out after. Well, thank you so much, Christine. Definitely click on her profile to connect with her over on Instagram, as well as learn more about PS27 Ventures at ps27ventures.com. I so appreciate your time with us and I appreciate our relationship. Oh, and also I really appreciate PS27 Ventures, Christine um, and her team picked Adaptable as the book for this year's Female Founders Forum. So they purchased, I think it was like 360 copies, which is amazing. And I'm so, so grateful that you you chose Adaptable to give to all of your attendees. So just thank you so much for your continued support in, in my dreams and my journey as well. Thank you, Alexa. We believe in all women entrepreneurs, yourself included, and any opportunity that we can take to support women in our network, we, we're going to do that. So definitely connect and, and let's stay in touch, guys. Thank you, Christine. All right. So we have two more special guests with us. I, I really like this uh, this um, format. Uh Definitely getting so much value out of it. I hope you are as well. I'm going to bring up our next guest, which is someone who I connected with back in 2016 um, at a random event, talking about events a lot. Uh, Her name is Nino Aubert. She's an author and a speaker. She's a mom. Um, But above all, she really does support women. She doesn't just talk about it. Her actions speak way louder than anything she could possibly say. She is someone that truly exemplifies women supporting women. So I had to bring her on for this special International Women's Day episode because she's been such a supporter along my journey since 2016, as well as other women's journey. And she has um, an incredible uh, growth uh, story around how she's been able to really find herself, develop her voice as a speaker, an author, a mom as well. So I'm just happy and grateful to have you here. Uh, welcome, Nina. Well, thank you, Alexa. It is such an honor. I'm here with my hand on my heart going, wow, <laughs> what a journey we've been on. And to be here today with you really just my cup runneth over. Ah, same, same here, of course. So um, I have some specific questions for you that I'd love to dive in. So you talk a lot about clarity and you help other women find clarity as well. So my question is, how do you actually find clarity when you're on the search towards your passion and you may have a lot of different passions or a lot of different dreams and goals? Like, how do you know which one to follow and which one to pursue? Oh, excellent, excellent question. And so I believe because of the amount of thoughts that we have a day and whatever the 90,000 thoughts a day, let's just say, and usually 90% of them are the same ones as yesterday. um, And how's that working for us? (laughs) Having all these thoughts rattle in our head. So typically when I take a person on a journey of clarity, I encourage them to take out a piece of paper and a pen or a piece of paper and a pencil. And I know that you and I have kindred spirits when it comes to actually writing it out. Um, And that just to me is so key. And what I'm following yet powerful practice, not everybody embraces it and not everybody knows the power in it. And so it just reminds me, wow, 
I get to share something so simple and yet encourage people to do it in in almost every decision. <laughs> I know that's a little ridiculous, but that really is where I think you can gain clarity once you see it on paper. Yeah, I do these exercises. I totally agree with that because I'll do this exercise where I'm so in my head and then I'm, I'm like, okay, I got to get one of my journals. <laughs> it's very different writing it on paper than just typing it. And I get out a journal and I just start writing everything that's coming to my mind, all my different thoughts. And then all of a sudden I'll be done with like my just run on overflow of thoughts. And then I'll look at it and right away, the thing that I'm wondering, I'm asking, I'm questioning about just pops out on me at me. And, but I would never get there if I didn't take it out of my head and put it down on paper to, to be able to see and actually form different thoughts uh, around that decision versus just being so kind of like overloaded in my, in my brain. I don't know. Is that something that, that you find to be helpful? Total love is that even though this has been a practice for a long, long time, I still can forget. And I'm sitting there and I'm wondering why I'm stuck and why I'm paralyzed. And I'm like, well, you're not taking your own advice <laughs> and you haven't really stopped to put it down on paper. And I think I also maybe do that if I'm honest, because I'm a little scared of what <laughs> might come out on paper. So if I don't write it down, I can just keep rattling it around in my brain and get nowhere. Mm. So, so what is that fear? Like what, what are you fearing? Ah. Uh. Well, oh my gosh, I'm human, right? You knew I was going to um, go there. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and why do I got to be so honest with you? I think <laughs> sometimes it's like, you know, that, you know, maybe you're at a crossroads. It's so interesting because I've always had this connection with Tiffany, which is so interesting because we're, there's so many years in between us and in our experiences, yet we have so much in common and it's by no coincidence that she was one of the first times I was at Wex. She was the one asking the questions of our panel. So um, I find it just so interesting. And so it can be in any stage of life. And we moved during the pandemic and my husband is retired. And I know that I'm not retired. I feel like I'm just getting going. And yet some points I'm like, well, what am I just getting going on? And am I content with the world I live in right now? And there's so many good things going on. It's like, do we take that next step? And that next step can seem really like it's a big thing. There's a big dream out there. And so if I don't take the time to write about it, and if I just ignore it, I won't have to take that next right step. That's interesting that you brought that up. And thank you for being vulnerable and sharing first off. But the the thing that I wanted to kind of fall back on or ask after what you just said is about society pressures. So I talked to Tiffany, you know, in the beginning of this episode about society pressures of getting back to work or, you know, having a family or being there for your family versus your your passion and job. Like there's just so many different societal pressures. You know, you talked about how your husband is retired, but you're not. Do you find pressure from either him or just society in general at the stage in your life to be retired, yet you have all this energy and like you said, you feel like you're just getting started? And if so, how do you navigate that? Hmm. Still navigating. Let's be honest, everyone. <laughs> um, it's, it, it is interesting. For the first time in my life, if, again, I'm being completely honest, and yet opportunities keep presenting themselves, which I think that's kind of the sign. I've done a lot of trust and surrender. Um, and yet people are still requesting and podcasts are still coming, including yours. And it's so, so interesting that even in this pause of having the ability to open up my calendar and kind of, I've always promoted, be focused on your absolute yeses. And, you know, it's about, it's about finding your joy, you know, that journey of yes, or that journey of you. And, and so in that, and having this like wide open space to choose, I feel so blessed to have that. 
And yet I know that I know there's no walking away. And so is there societal pressure? It might be what we tell ourselves, kind of what you were saying, what you tell yourself. If you take a break, will people remember you? You know, if you don't show up one day or two days or three days in a row, you know, all of a sudden do you lose your momentum? And I'm here to say, you know, I think in the slowdown is when we get to rev up. So he absolutely is my biggest fan and will support me either way. Um, I think his greatest desire is just that, you know, I keep putting one foot in front of the other and I keep being that joy seeker that, uh, you know, I've always been. That's really, really amazing that uh, you have that support and that's important. And I like that you, what you said in the slowdown is when we get to rev up. I think in the slowdown is when we find clarity, right? And we find clarity on what we want to do and, and what that next right step is. Even even if it's not the right step, what we think is the right step. And then we learn from, from there. And like you said, we're all still navigating, figuring it out. Um, but from that, I, I wanted to ask, you know, you're a mom. And what would you say is the most important lesson that you taught your daughters? Oh, holy mackerel. Boy, what? would I say is the most important? Oh, so many things I would, uh, (laughs) you can't go back. So I, luckily I still get the opportunity to, um, influence. Uh, but I think it comes down to, again, being true to who you are and knowing who you are and that it's, it's okay that you're not for everyone, but that you can, still be kind to everyone, right? Still respect everyone. And like everyone has a seat at the table and we may not, um, you know, be on the same wavelength or agree on the same things. And yet we're all humans in this world. And I think they both really um, have shown me that they exemplify that through their commitment to their work or their schooling. um, And, um, you know, to just society in general, I see that they have, you know, friends of every shape, size, color, and that just warms my heart that they're that, you know, welcoming type, um, fun loving, uh, you know, uh, type of humans. And I think that probably was modeled uh, through their life. So important. Well, you, you definitely model that through your example. You are kind to everyone and I'm sure they, they see that. So last question, the same one. You know, I'm a big believer and it only takes one, one person, one decision, one action step to possibly change your life forever. What has been that one thing that has positively changed your life? So the decision was the unpopular decision back after um, September 11th, 2001, and to walk away from a rising um, corporate career, uh, you know, next level I was C-suite level and to walk away knowing that um, the greatest gift I could give was to be present uh, with my girls and um, to take a leap of faith and become an entrepreneur, which was not my childhood dream. I'll, I'll just be completely clear on that. But that one decision 20 years ago completely changed the trajectory of my personal and professional life. Wow. I, I never knew that about you. Learned something new. That is, yeah, that is a, um, a very hard decision to make. And I, I could see how that can be life-changing. So thank you so much, Nina, for being thank so you. vulnerable, sharing, you know, a little bit of your story. Definitely click on Nina's profile here and connect with her over on Instagram, uh, her other social media platforms, and uh, continue to to stay in touch with her because she definitely is someone that supports other women, other people, of course. Uh, So thank you. I appreciate you uh, being here and taking your time to spend with us. Thank you, Alexa. We are now, yeah, thank you. We are now on our last, but certainly not least speaker, uh, guest, She's a whole, whole uh, lot of different things, and I, I'm so grateful to have her part of this International Women's Day show. Uh, before I bring her up, I was uh, the last keynote speaker at the Samsung event I just spoke at, and uh, she was the, the MC was like, "I don't want to say last speaker 
because I feel like that's negative. So she just said next speaker, but I don't think that's negative. I think sometimes like the last is, is a a thing that brings it all together, right? It's about, um, you know, like your last first date meant you met your husband. And, and, uh, um, I have a whole story around that. So it can be a good thing. And in this case, it's of course a really good thing. So I'm going to bring up our last amazing guest. Uh, her name is Rita Goodrow. She is a business coach and a podcaster focused on helping women get clients, make money and reclaim their time. She has spoken at multiple Woman Empower X conferences. She's been one of our main stage MCs when we had Grant and Elena Cardone in attendance, and she is full of positive energy. You'll hear it from her voice. So welcome, Rita. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, hey, hey. I'm excited to be here. Super excited to have you. So we connected back in 2017 when uh, we were bringing Woman Empower X first to DC. And you reached out, um, I think, through the speaker application, or maybe it was through an email. And we connected early on when we were just starting this event. And what I loved about the way you connected is that you first wanted to show value. Instead of blending in saying, hey, I want to speak, you said, hey, I I would love to support this event. How can I support it? So with that, you are amazing, amazing at building relationships, at networking. So I'd love to ask, you know, how do you do it? How do you keep up with it? And and why do you think, it's kind of like a wholly loaded question, but <laughs> like, why oh do you, I know, I know, but there's just like so much that goes into like, why do you, why do you take the time to even go and, and re- do relationship building, do networking? And like, you spend a lot of time and effort um, in that space. Like, how has it affected your business? I mean, really the relationships, I mean, at the end of the day, relationships are the foundation of everything. So everything happens easier when it stems from a relationship. So it may sound like, oh, hi, you know, relationships take so much time. And I hear this from you know potential clients and things and current clients all the time. Like, oh, but building relationships, it just, it takes so long. Like I want some results and I want them now. But at, at the end of the day, it's about the same amount of time. It's like, it's just, where are you spending the time? So if you spend the majority of the time, you know, really cultivating authentic relationships, then it's less time on the back end for so many things. But if you spend a little bit of time on cultivating relationships, it's going to be a lot more time on the back end and, and often not get you the results that you want. So to me, my focus is always just on the relationship and then everything else just kind of flows naturally from that. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that, especially when you are selling, you know, whether it's a high ticket course or a coaching program, the more people know, like, and trust you up front from that relationship building, it gets easier on the back end of that sale. Do you think so? Yeah. I mean, in fact, it, it's funny. I was just talking about this to a group that I was speaking to today about the relationship selling method and how it differs from the traditional sales method. And and the traditional sales method, I'm not going to say that never do it because it has its place in certain uh, businesses and industries, but the traditional sales model was is has always been about the transaction. That's the priority. That's the most important thing. It's the transaction over everything else. But with relationship selling, it's the relationship is more important than the sale, not instead of the sale. It's just the relationship is more important than the sale because the relationship at the end of the day will one, make the sale easier. Or number two, even if it doesn't result in a sale at that moment, it will result in so many things down the road. And so having that focus on relationship first and prioritizing that really then changes what you're talking about with people, how you're interacting with them, even how you're marketing, how you're showing up in your business, so many different ways. But yeah, it makes, it just really makes everything else flow because the relationship is focused and centered on that other person and knowing that other person and, and listening and so many things. So it can only bring you good things with ease when you really focus on true relationships. So totally agree with that. But my next question from that is, is I find that with 
relationship building, especially if you are networking or connecting with people that are on a similar path as you. And what I mean by that is we're, we're chasing similar dreams. For women, at least what we've seen historically is a lot of times we compete thinking there's not enough room for both of us. When I mean, we, me and you both know there's enough room for all of us to be successful, but going into relationship building, what would be your advice for women to not have that comparison mindset? Because I know that can definitely deplete your level of confidence, but also know that you can support her without feeling like you're not good enough, successful enough, make enough money, whatever that all those um you know, thoughts of, of doubt that come flooding in when you see someone else have the success that you maybe desire? Yeah, it's a, it's a big question. You're just asking me big questions. So, you know, there's a quote that I think I said once, and it's, women want women to succeed. That is until they do. Women are like cheering and advocating for other women to succeed until the other woman actually succeeds. And then suddenly not, not so much. Um, I know that that's not a blanket rule, but it really, it really is. And so, but a lot of that, so for, you know, people who are listening who don't know, know me at all, I used to be, a, I was a lawyer turned dating coach turned business strategist. And I've been doing the business strategy and sales coaching now for about eight years. But as a dating coach, it was the same thing. So I'm going to, I'm going to use that example because it's more interesting and exciting. And it's like people go, oh, well, I mean, she got a boyfriend and she got a boyfriend and she got a boyfriend and I'm just losing hope. They're not they're, they're I'm just not ever going to find anyone. And I'm like, it, it's not like by her getting a boyfriend, suddenly you now have gone to zero percent chance of getting a guy. It's not like for every guy somebody else gets. Now your chances of getting a guy are reduced by a percentage. Like you still have a 100 percent chance of going out and finding your match and your guy. But when we think there's a scarcity of something, that something's limited, then we believe that when somebody gets some of it, right, that's less there's less of it to come back to us. There's less of it to go around. And once you really learn how to embrace the idea that no, scarcity isn't real, like there's still an unlimited abundant quantity of whatever for me, opportunities, money, potential dates, whatever, then it becomes easier to go, okay, so her getting it doesn't mean I can't get it, right? Like it just means that she got it and now maybe I will get it and or I will get it or whatever it is. And so it, you have to really step out of that. But scarcity is our normal default. We are going to be wired to think that things deplete and that things go away as other people tap into the pie of what we we think is this limited quantity. And so it's really understanding that that's like a fake concept that we've made up in our brain. And instead, there's plenty. So it's really stepping into there's plenty is number one. And then number two is tapping into what I say is truly your differentiator. Once you've really tapped into your differentiator, you realize that there is no one else like you. So someone could be, I mean, you're a speaker, I'm a speaker, right? But we speak very differently and we speak on very di different topics and we do very different things. I can't tell you how many business coaches there are out there, probably 25 million business coaches out there, right? But like, I'm not worried. Number one, I can't handle all the work that's out there. And so if another business coach gets a client, like, so what? I can't, can't handle it all anyway. But also that business coach can never be like me and you can never be like anyone else because your, your differentiator is a combination of, you know, your, your, what I call your self inventory, your strengths, your skills, your experience, your background, your education, like everything that you've ever gone through in life, plus your story, plus who your audience is, plus the results that you provide to that audience, right? And then you have this final little piece run and the way you present all of that is going to be different because no one can have that exact combination of your self-inventory, your story, your audience, and what you do for them. That whole mix is what differentiates you and will change how you present all of that. Once you really realize that, you're like, no one can ever be like me. So I have something totally different to offer than someone else. And so it's not like, again, I have to be them or that by them getting it, I can't get it. I have a different angle. I have a different take. I have something different to bring to the table. So really that feeling of what it is when you turn your eyes back on you and you turn your eyes on who you are, your goals, and really combine that with the abundance mindset. And it really opens the doors to everything. Yeah. I mean, I love that you brought in that thought of scarcity. Never even 
realized it. Um, but it makes so much sense, right? When we think there's a limit of something, then when someone else gets it, then we're like, oh man, our percentage just went down. Right. Like, I mean, women do that. Like, oh, all my girlfriends are dating. I'm going to be single forever. <laughs> like, wait, I, 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 you mentioning that example, I was like, oh my gosh, I was one of those people. <laughs> And now, and now there's some girl somewhere, right? Who's like, man, I'm going to be single forever because Alexa found her man, you know, like it's just the way people think. Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense at all. None. Zero. Uh, So that was a, that's a really good. Well, you got a dog. So that means now my chances of getting a dog are out the window. You know what I mean? Like you put it in other terms and you're like, that's so ridiculous. And the minute you make it ridiculous, then it's also easier to move through. Yeah, a lot of times you have to like say it out loud to even figure out that that is a ridiculous statement. Why am I allowing it to control my thoughts and and make me feel this way? And and the second thing you mentioned about your differentiator, I always say your authenticity is your point of differentiation. So I love that you bring brought that up because like you said, we all can be striving for the same thing, but we're going to attract a different audience. As, as long as we add who we are and what we do, we'll always be able to rise above the noise. So definitely love that you brought that up. Uh, my next question that I wanted to ask you, because you really do help women make more money through the competence and the art of nego- negotiation, asking for more, raising their prices. You know, I'm in your mastermind and, and you talk a lot about raising prices and why do you think, you know, or what do you think holds most women in business back from making the money that they deserve? So, okay. So I'll pick one. I'll pick one thing. Oh my gosh, Alexa, we got to have like 18 podcast episodes about this. So, um, but I think really the main thing is just that fear of rejection because they personalize rejection. So it's like, oh, you saying no to my price or you saying no to something means something about me and my level of expertise or my level of my my enoughness, my ability to. In fact, I'll I'll kind of like shortcut and get right to it usually comes to enoughness. So with my clients, I'll always say, you know what? Okay, this thing you're hesitating to do. So let's stick with your example of raising your price. I'll, maybe they're going from, I don't know, $100 an hour to $500. I mean, whatever, $500 a month to $1,000 a month, whatever it is. And I'll say, okay, well, if you thought that you were an expert enough in your field, if you thought that you were um, interesting enough, if you thought that you were, um, you know, like competent enough, would you charge $1,000? And usually the answer is yes. We'll find the thing. It's like, if you thought you were blank enough, if you thought you were blank, like if you thought you were uh, charismatic enough, would you do more live videos? Some people are like, well, yeah, sure. And I'm like, okay, so it's an enoughness issue. You think that you're not enough. And so we have to solve for that issue in order for you to do the thing. So usually pricing, not all the time, but usually pricing is related to an enoughness issue and the rejection triggers the enoughness issue. And so we don't want that triggered because it doesn't feel good. And who wants to be rejected? Nobody likes to feel uncomfortable. And so instead, people will find all the ways they can to try to walk around discomfort and avoid it instead of just walking through it, which is the only way you can get to the other side of it. So you have to do a lot of mindset work and you have to do a lot of like reward work is what I call it so that you can reward yourself and associate things that feel good with doing things that don't feel good so that even though they don't feel good, your brain's like, yeah, but the reward for it feels pretty good freaking good. So like, well, fine. I want the reward on the other end. So let's do the uncomfortable thing already so I can get to the reward. But when you realize it is an enoughness issue, you can really target in on the right thing. And that's going to be different for everybody. And it's not about fixing it. It's not really about solving it. It's about recognizing that's just always going to be my thing. And once I recognize that that's my thing, I can acknowledge it and move through it. And it doesn't really have power over me. But I would say that's probably the thing that keeps people from charging, asking for the sale, anything is they think that they're not something enough. And we have to find out what that is. Wow. That is uh, really insightful, really insightful because you know, it's always, it's, it's always linked back to your, your belief around yourself, around your worth and, and really that mindset, uh, you have to have the right mindset to be able to move forward in your career in any aspect, including pricing. And, um, I like how you phrased it where everyone has a different, 
word that they insert is, am I, you know, blank enough? Am I smart enough, talented enough, pretty enough, whatever it may be. And it's about moving through that to be able to make the money that you are, that you deserve, that you are enough to make that, that living for yourself. And I find it's mostly women that, that have that. Um, and I don't like to generalize, but talking about International Women's Day, there's all these studies around how women ask for significantly lower amounts when they're raising capital for their business than men, because we're always like, we have to give more than, than we, before we can ask. Well, you got, you hit, that's the next piece of it. People feel like, especially women, that they have to achieve something in order to justify something. It's like, once I reach this level, then I can charge this much money. Once this thing has happened, then I'll be worth asking for this thing. But again, when you put it in a different scenario, so here I'll use health, people are like, it, it, it would be like the equivalent of me saying, well, once I've reached the optimal, like nutritional and weight levels for my body, then, right, like, then I can act like a healthy person. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. It's like, you're, if you're not going to act healthy until you've achieved the level of health, you're never going to get healthy. Like, it's only by acting like a healthy person that you're going to achieve health, right? Like it's ridiculous to wait until you've achieved health to start taking all of the actions that a healthy person takes, right? And it's like, oh yeah, I have to be healthy first in order to get healthy. And it's like, yeah, so if you're if you're waiting to take actions of like, let's use a, a arbitrary thing like six figure business owner, seven figure business owner, if you're waiting until you've reached six figures to then act like a six-figure business owner, you're never going to get there. It's only by acting like a six-figure business owner first and doing those things that will get you to the six-figure business. And people are like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But that's the thing too. We're waiting. We feel like we have to achieve a thing in order to be able to ask for something else. And it's really only by asking for something else that we're going to achieve the thing. Yes. Yes. Ask. Ask for what you desire. So last question same one I asked the other guests. I believe. I'll see there. Can you hear me? Okay. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. I can hear you now. Okay. Um, so last question, I believe it only takes one, one person, one decision, one action step to possibly change your life forever. What has been that one thing for you? It was going on 35 dates in 35 days and deciding to blog all about it. Deciding to do that crazy project is absolutely what changed everything by going on those 35 dates. And if you guys want to know about that, you can follow me and find out more. But by doing that, it led me to leaving my job as a lawyer, becoming a dating coach. It led me to finding my husband. It led me to just changing two or three big areas of my life and finding what I hadn't been able to do before because of everything that I learned and took away from that experience. So by far, 35 dates in a row with 35 strangers was the thing that changed everything for me. Yeah, your story about that is uh, is awesome. Really, really awesome. So um, thank you so much, Rita, for all of your insight and wisdom and being here and taking the time. I so appreciate it. Um, I'm grateful that we are connected along this journey and uh, definitely connect with Rita Goodrow over on social media. She's all over the place and she really does provide a lot of value for women in business. Um, And, you know, like she's also a speaker, so you can find her on stages and a podcaster. So definitely stay connected with her. Thank you, Rita. Thank you. All right. Well, that closes it up for today's special episode featuring four incredible women for International Women's Day. So just a recap on some of the things that we learned from all of their different journeys. We heard from Tiffany Lanier. She gave the advice about discover, define, and develop. And there's a lot that goes into that. Uh, Discover, define, and develop to, to refine yourself and that practice and create a practice, create a practice that has been the one thing that has positively changed her life. We heard from Christine Cavan um, from PS27 Ventures, and she talked about being laser focused on your goals, leaning into curiosity and no, if you get a no, doesn't mean no forever. It means no at this time or not at this time. And, and so remember that, 
And then we also heard from Nina Obear, and she said, in the slowdown is when we get to rev up. And the best advice you could give to other women is being true to who you are. And it's okay if you're not for everyone, but you should definitely always be kind to everyone. And then we heard from Rita Goodrow, who mentioned the relationship is way more important than the scale, the scale, the sale, (laughs) scarcity isn't real, right? It's a mindset thing that limits people from achieving their, their potential for success and don't personalize rejection. When we personalize rejection, we're thinking that we're not enough, but that's not true. And it's refinding that you are enough in order to go in for that ask, in order to get what you think that you need in order to be enough. So four amazing women, definitely stay connected to Tiffany, Christine, Nina, and Rita. Thank you for listening in to this episode of the Alexa Rose Show. We are live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also catch all of our episodes on demand right here on Colin. If this is your first time tuning into Colin, it is a brand new social podcasting app. It allows me to record this podcast live, bring up guests, talk to different people, have have people call in, and it also allows me to edit right from the app, which is incredible. It makes it very, very easy for this post-production of a podcast. So um, really love this platform and glad they brought the Lexa Rose show to, uh, to Colin. So with that being said, happy International Women's Day. Go out in the world, achieve what you want, go after what you want with full force, surround yourself with powerful, strong women, know that you are enough, all your dreams are within reach, and it's possible. It is possible. And anytime you find yourself doubting something, doubting yourself, feeling like you're about to give up because it's just so hard on this journey, remember. It only takes one, one pitch, one action step, one person, one connection, one event, one podcast, one book can possibly change your life forever, but you have to take those steps in order to find that possibility of one. So remain curious and keep on going. My name is Alexa Rose Carlin. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will uh, see you next week. individual taking massive amounts of action to pursue what they love. And today, that is what we're focusing on. We're focusing on your growth and your success.